Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's begin now. The Juiced Up Saturday morning, well, afternoon currently, 12 o'clock Saturday, live and local. We're back. I'm sorry. Last week we were out of town. We went on vacation. Sometimes you need a little R&R when it comes to uh, the dog days of August. So we're feeling better, though. We're back. And I I think we're better than ever, Dusty. Which is a small sample size. Yeah. It's like, not saying a whole lot, but like six weeks and we're better than ever, um, which is okay. It just sounds nice. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. Just uh, got a little scrutiny from our uh, sexiest trio in sports radio. Julio little, little shade was thrown. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Um, I wasn't enjoying the shade. I in fact took my Royals Hawaiian shirt to the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, did not have any claws, bra. No claws. No claws. Um, but I did, like, dive into bush light for the first time in, like, forever. I had some friends that just couldn't quite uh, put them down since high school, so they brought them out to uh, the Lake of the Ozarks. Hadn't had bush light in a while. Uh, it was in a cooler, so it was cold, so it didn't really matter. But uh, definitely had a good time last weekend, that's for sure. Uh, glad to be back with the city of Kansas City and everybody here on Live and Local Saturdays on 610 Sports Radio. Big one tonight, um, according to preseason junkies. If you're a preseason junkie and you like football, uh, this is your night. This is... Week three, preseason, for all those people that are season ticket holders, uh, this is the game that you look forward to the most, and this is hopefully a game within the future that nobody looks forward to because preseason is a joke. And 2019 has become more of a joke with preseason football than anything in the world. And I don't mean that um, as in a laughing stock. I just think it's literally a joke. When we talk about Major League Baseball and the way spring training is, Spring training is way too long. Nobody likes spring training in baseball because they report in February and then they play at the end of March. Doesn't really make sense. I get it. Baseball is all about hand-eye coordination and timing. And you need about probably 50 to 75 at-bats to really get that timing back after being off for as much time as you are in baseball. The first baseball game this year is on for the Royals is in March and it's on March 26th in Chicago. The first NFL football game is September 8th in Jacksonville for the Kansas City Chiefs. The first actual NFL football game is Thursday night before September 8th. Bears and Packers. Football really starts with OTAs and mini camps and stuff like that. And then preseason starts, and you do four preseason games. And I don't really understand why you would do four preseason games. Then have one bye week and go 17 weeks to a season, and a season in which if you're a good team, you sit the last week of the season, which now we get back to our original point of what preseason football is. Uh, you never know about injuries. You don't know about them during the season. You don't know about them during the preseason. So we, the guys go play. They're not going out there worried about, about injuries and all that stuff. So. 
So that was Andy Reid um, in one of the press conferences this past week about injuries. You don't ever know when injuries are going to happen. You don't know what injuries are going to happen. You don't know how they're going to happen. Basically, his narrative is that you can't play football with fear. That's fine. But preseason football isn't NFL football when it comes to the NFL season. And what I get confused about is, is that if you're playing for the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs very much well are this year, as they are probably going into the season as the second highest favorite team to win the Super Bowl underneath the Patriots. They have one of the most explosive offenses. They have one of the top three dynamic players at every skill position in the entire NFL and receiver tight end and quarterback. You could argue, and I would listen, that they have the top player at every position. I would listen to that. I know that DeAndre Hopkins is still out there. I know that Antonio Brown still plays football, we think. I know that Michael Thomas is here. I know that Drew Brees and Tom Brady are all there as well. But there is no argument that they have the best tight end. There is no argument that they have the second best head coach. There is no argument that Tyreek Hill is a top five wide receiver. And there's no argument that Patrick Mahomes is a top three quarterback, let alone some would say the best. So why does preseason matter? You say like baseball, you need timing, repetition. You need all these other things. Week three is the big is the big draw out. That's the dress rehearsal. That's where they play a first half. I watched Cleveland and Tampa Bay play last night. Jameis Winston got sacked five times in the first half. No, he didn't get hurt. I get it. But out of those five times, two of the sacks were a little bit rough. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm biased and I'm watching that as a Chiefs, uh, as a Chiefs guy, watching that as a as a fan of the Chiefs, I am absolutely scared out of my wits to see any time somebody comes through the A-gap and sacks Patrick Mahomes. Two reasons why. We just said one of them. The Chiefs are a favorite to win the Super Bowl. If you can knock them off that favorite train, you're going to do so. It's a sport. They're gladiators. I get it. It's a brotherhood. They all play football. But when you play in a different locker room, you don't care. And that's just the mentality of the game. You want to show up on film. What do we just call the week three preseason game? A dress rehearsal. If you're a backup linebacker fighting for a spot, you show somebody that you can explode through the A-gap and smash a quarterback, by God, you're going to make a roster spot. That guy knows that. He's got nothing to lose and everything to prove. Whereas Patrick Mahomes has nothing to prove and everything to lose. Am I right, Nick Price? Absolutely. Okay, so why put the defending MVP out there against the San Francisco 49ers team that you're not going to have to worry about until maybe if you're in the playoffs, yet play all of your starters? And I get it. You kind of want to show the fans what they got to see looking forward. I know what the Chiefs have. They have a top one or two offense in the NFL. They have the returning MVP at quarterback. I knew everything was fine. The first pass Patrick Mahomes threw in the 2019 preseason, that little out flare to Kelsey that went for 50 yards and just completely mesmerized the linebacker covering Travis Kelsey. They were on a beach picking up timing. They were at training camp. They had videos, Instagram. You know the timing's there. I don't need to see it in a game because I know everything else is there, and I know that those players are, quote-unquote, professionals, and they know how to do the NFL after doing it the way they did it last year. I don't need to see them do it in a preseason form. And again, preseason is struggling this year. They just had a preseason game where they played a whole game on an 80-yard field, and they didn't do kickoffs. If something doesn't tell you that preseason is unimportant, that should. It just, it's that simple. Like, an 80-yard field that had field condition issues before the game, and then 33 players for the Green Bay Packers were like, nah, 
I'm good. Including Aaron Rodgers, who gets it. Guess who else doesn't like preseason? Julio Jones, not playing one preseason game. Yeah, he'll go to camp. He'll go do that. Antonio Brown, I don't know what he's thinking because, quite frankly, it, uh, it's a bit wild. Yeah, I never really Brown's know camp. what he's thinking. I love it because it's yeah. content, and he plays for the Raiders, a team within the AFC West, so you get a lot of that to involve your team. But I have a theory that Antonio Brown just doesn't want to play in training camp, and he doesn't want to play in the preseason. I don't fault him for the preseason. The training camp, I could listen to both sides because he's done it so long, but also he's with a new team, so I think he needs to show some more support there. But I get it. He is a top one or two or three receivers in the NFL. I would go Brown, Julio, Odell. Those would probably be my top three. You can pick any way you want. God, DeAndre is probably my favorite, actually. I got to redo that. DeAndre, Brown, Julio, Odell's probably four. Thomas and Hill, I'd listen to an argument of who's the fifth They're right best. there, yeah. But that's your top five to me. So they don't need to do that. But if you don't want to play preseason, but you want to make sure that people keep their reps and their timing and their, I guess the what more is important to me in the preseason is just to get on that schedule. You've been off for a while. You want to know how things go. I get it. You want to go to camp to mix things up and get guys outside of their box and kind of get new guys informed with other new guys on the team and give it that, like, remember the Titans type feel, right? So do inner, do inner squad practices or do practices with other teams that are local ties. Matt Nagy coaches the Bears, correct? Matt Nagy came from Andy Reid's coaching tree, right? Okay, Chicago, not that far from Kansas City. Have a practice at Soldier Field or have a practice at Arrowhead, sell tickets, make a little bit of money, have a profit out of it, and they're not playing in a game that means anything. They're just playing in practice where you both have a rule. Hey, nobody hits Trubisky, nobody hits Mahomes. They wear the red jerseys. The timing can get picked up. The skill set can get picked up because get this, even though it's practice, They'll still be competitive. Like, look at what the Rams and Raiders did. They did like a practice game. Now, they also played in preseason, but before that, McVay and Gruden got together. They had a little 11-on-11. Everything like a game was there. They had referees there, and they filled it out right. I don't need guys going out before a, for a regular season, especially one that, in some instances, you have a lot to win and not a lot to lose. Whereas, like, Teams like maybe the Bengals play the Chiefs, and they don't really know what they got because their star receivers hurt for quite some time. So they don't really care if somebody gets hurt. They just know that there's other guys they need to watch. Preseason shouldn't matter. But for some reason tonight, when the Chiefs and Niners play, more people will be engaged because they know that the theory of preseason is week three is the dress rehearsal. They play a whole half, and that's what we get. Guess who didn't play last night for the Browns? Odell and Landry. And Nick Chubb, none of them played. Kareem Hunt played, old name alert, a lot. But he's not going to play for eight weeks. So I get why he would play preseason. If he does get an ankle injury, he's fine. It's not going to bother him as much. If Darwin Thompson, the love of this town for some reason, gets hurt in tonight's preseason game, it's not the end of the world because he's not a significant member of this team yet. But if Damian Williams gets hurt, if Tyreek Hill gets hurt, if Travis Kelsey gets hurt, there's a lot that jeopardizes your season. And if you're going to sit guys in week 17 before the playoffs start because it's one or two weeks away and something significant matters, if you miss out on Tyreek Hill and somebody else that's a main player in this team and it lowers your talent level on this team, you could miss out on a lot in the first four weeks. Nick Price, you and I are doing a lot of pre- and post-game this year for Arrowhead Pride and all this other stuff. That's right. Here's one of the biggest things in the world. Your first 
Three out of four games for the Kansas City Chiefs are on the road. One game at home in the first four weeks. You lose a significant player to where your offense isn't clicking, and let's just say out of nowhere because of the preseason you lost a guy, you go one and three in your first four weeks. The rest of the season, you've got to climb uphill because of a meaningless game that started back in August. Yeah, and I think that I think he hit the nail right on the head earlier about how these players have been in mini camps and OTAs and everything for months now. They've got their timing down. They've got their they've got their rhythm down with their wide receivers and everything. They're getting the playbook down and everything. I feel like once training camp ends, it's not the veterans and everything. They're ready to go. You know, they're ready for week one once training camp ends. It's more about evaluating those bottom third of the roster guys and that's fine but you don't need to trot out Patrick Mahomes Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey to figure out what you got on the bottom part of the roster you already know what those guys can do and you already know that you need to protect them if you want to live up to the expectations of this season and the other thing that I'd be skeptical about is if you want to work on something you want to do like a two-minute offense go out there and start a two-minute offense to start the drive get them on get them off do something short that gives you real quick answers and gets you focused on the rest of the preseason. This is Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio on Saturday. We appreciate you listening. We're back. We're off vacation. And we've got a little bit of a topic next because guess what? Tonight, it's your dress rehearsal, but there's two Chiefs players that are getting more than just domestic love. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on a Saturday, a fun Saturday, the 24th of August. Damn near done with August, my God. Then it's time for September, then you're getting like the hoodies and sweats and chili and pot, crock pot meals. Are you a big crock pot meal, Nick Price? Kind of guy? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, love a good crock pot action. You Speaking of weather, by the way, it's going to be beautiful tonight for the yeah, game. Yeah, we got a, what did we get? We got a, so from the text line? Yeah, somebody wanted to know about the weather, so uh, 785. a little weather report for you. Uh, looks like right around kickoff, it's going to be 75 and cloudy, and then it's going to dip down to about like 72, 73 during the game. Yeah, seven like from a weather bug app that I have on my iPhone, uh, 73 degrees, 0% chance of participa- or participation, precipitation at 7 p.m., and then by the time the second half starts at 9, 69 degrees. So as a grin comes on Nick Price's face, um, I guess I'll let you fill in the rest of that. From the text line after that last Dusty, we get it. The injuries. Okay, move on. Next topic, please. All right. It's important, though. You Sorry. Know, it topic just was like eight minutes long. It also just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then from the yeah. 816, Tom Brady played. Okay, well, um, he's an anomaly, and we know that nobody's even going to come close to touching Tom Brady. And no, if, they if, you, do, yeah. if you touch Tom Brady in the preseason, you're you're done. Um, you guys need to change your Saturday promo. There are no soccer practices on Saturdays. It's all games. I'll tell Steven Spector. Um, I will be there. My boss gave me two tickets. Can't wait. Bart Scott voice. Lance. Nice to see you, Lance. Uh, what mile marker? I don't know. All I know is that we're in Sunrise Beach and we live off Purvis Road in Lake of the Ozarks. So there you go. If you want to stalk me, now you can. Um, I thought this was interesting because um, 
when you watch preseason football and you hear preseason reports, you get a lot of, like, training camp guys. Uh, like we always see in baseball, there's always, like, best shape of his life type guy, looks great, arm is lively, and everything like that. Um, I thought this was interesting. According to, what is it, Arrowhead Pride, Nick Price, is that where we're going with? Yes, sir. Um, when it comes to the Arrowhead Pride article about two players that are getting uh, some love outside of Kansas City, and that is McCole Hardman and Darwin Thompson. Now, we talked about Darwin Thompson a little bit in the last segment, um, as in if you were to have something happen to him, it wouldn't be as significant as maybe Damian Williams having something happen. We say that now, but that could all change, obviously, moving forward because Darwin Thompson is turning some heads in a good way. Um, Darwin Thompson has been a stud so far in this preseason. I say a stud because the sample size that you're given and the type of hype that you are giving by times of availability of being able to play on the field is different than what it is in the regular season. And some things that really kind of took me by the, by the side of it with Darwin Thompson last week was in Pittsburgh. I didn't watch much of the game because of the delay. I was out of town, and it's just been kind of a funky type of preseason when it comes to telecasts. Like, I have PlayStation View. I can't watch it on PlayStation View because of rights, uh, streaming rights. So I have to use, like, literally, like, an old-school antenna that I hook up to my TV. Works fine. I get HD on Kansas City TV 5. And the thing about it is I liked how Darwin Thompson was able to pick up the blitz and really protect the quarterback because of we've already talked about. It gets almost like – it almost makes me apathetic when I think about, like, how important Patrick Mahomes is to this team. Like, it's obvious. Um but he was able to pick up the blitz quite well against Pittsburgh. And I thought that was interesting. The other thing that's interesting with Darwin Thompson is the fact that he's able to get outside the tackles and he's able to have that little burst of speed. And he's also a tough runner, runs low to the ground, has a lot of good dynamics to his game that you need an NFL running back, right? He also fits the narrative that you can find a running back anywhere in the draft. Also kind of uh, reminds me of some of the other running backs that Andy Reid has used in his offense before. Right, which would also defend the uh, the statement that Andy Reid wants to use running back by committee. The other guy that's getting a lot of national attention is McCole Hardman. As of understandment, we get that. He's got 4-3 speed. Um, he plays in an offense that is absolutely electric, that makes people turn their heads and say, what the hell did I just watch? Um and the beginning of the season in the NFL draft, McCall Hardman had a narrative that he was drafted to replace if anything would happen to Tyreek Hill. Then we kind of switched the narrative on that and said, oh, maybe he's there to support, to replace Sammy Watkins because Sammy Watkins is a guy that they're not going to pay the amount of money that he, is just, that he is going to get next year. The team doesn't want to opt out, which they should, and they probably will, and restructure that because there's a lot of money focused on basically two players moving forward. Those players obviously being Tyreek Hill, who could get a $100 million contract, and Patrick Mahomes, who could also get a $250-plus million contract. Seems large right now, but let the guy go out there and do what he did last year, and then it seems like really there's no answer to what the price tag could be. But what makes me interesting about this is the fact that now these guys are getting, like, they're getting national attention. It's easy to be honest with yourself when you have one team to focus on. And this is kind of interesting for this radio show. Like, why do we do live and local? Because if you hear our promos, we're tired of hearing about Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James every Saturday and hearing a snidbit of Kansas City Chiefs, if Kansas anything. City Royals, anything. And it seems that every time that you go and watch the NFL draft and the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock, it seems almost every single year like clockwork 
As soon as the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock, you get this. The Chiefs are on the clock, and we'll be right back with Mel yeah. Kuyper after this. And it, you're like, all right. And then you see in the bottom scroll marker, it says the Chiefs pick is in. So when McCole Hardman and Darwin Thompson become national stories, it makes me think. Are the Chiefs finally a story? And I know the text line might possibly crush this for me, but take it out of the local domestic bias sense, right? Are the Chiefs now becoming a full-focused story on the entire national scale of football? I'm not quite sure they're there yet because if you look at the top stories in the NFL, and this is just from my perspective, I would say number one right now is Antonio Brown. Is that fair? Yeah. Because of the drama, new team, the circumstance, the players like volume of popularity, that to me is probably the number one story in football. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Daniel Jones and Eli Manning That's is a big another one. big story. Yeah. Baker Mayfield always coming up in the press is another big story. What are those three cities? Oakland, New York, Cleveland, right? And Cleveland's somewhat piggybacking on New York because it's the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. The Chiefs have not been a huge story in the NFL nationally. Now, I get it. Patrick Mahomes is a big story, and anything he does goes viral. But that's not the Chiefs as a whole. Like, they're talking about Baker Mayfield, and then they talk about how the Cleveland Browns have all these new additions, and he should focus on his team. They talk about Daniel Jones and the Giants and their GM. They talk about Antonio Brown, how he affects the Raiders. They don't talk about how, like, Patrick Mahomes is cool, childish, uh, young age, and how he's mature on the football field and in life affects the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill was a huge story. Wasn't the Chiefs, and it's no longer a huge story. Patrick Mahomes getting $200-plus million isn't a story yet. It will be next year. But the fact that the guys that crack nationally outside of Patrick Mahomes is Darwin Thompson and Cole Hardman lets me think that maybe these national guys are starting to be like, you know what? There's a lot on this Chiefs team that make this Chiefs team more relevant. And I'm telling you, if they go into Jacksonville week one, September 8th, and blow the brakes off the Jaguars like 42-17, to 17, I mean, you're going to hear about the Chiefs consistently on a national level. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs are kind of getting there, too. I think that last year, everybody, especially in the national media, was a little caught off guard. And they were like, all right, are the Chiefs real or not? Are they pretenders or contenders? They went out and showed that they are contenders. And I think this year they're getting a little bit more. And it's not just because of Patrick Mahomes, but it's because there's recognition of everyone on this offense seems to produce very well at a high level. And I think that's why you're seeing McCole Hardman and Darwin Thompson getting a little bit of attention because Andy Reid's offense and people know nationally that this offense looks like it's going to go out there and do the same kind of things or at least similar things that they did last year and that these two guys could be like the next big thing. And especially with fantasy football season coming up, everybody's always looking for sleepers and rookies to draft for their dynasty leagues and whatnot. So Darwin Thompson and McCall Hardman getting some recognition from national media. For sure. I'm not that surprised, but – I think that it's only going to grow as the season goes on, especially if the Chiefs come out hot out of the gate. Like you said, go blow the doors off of Jacksonville and just keep on going. I think that you'll see a lot more of just Chiefs coverage in the national media, Chiefs talk, as we move throughout this season. Yeah, and I mean, that's fair. But to me, I think the biggest story that this team should be talking about nationally is the addition of Juan Thornhill, which we can get into that a little bit later because this topic is over with and done with and we'll move on. But yeah, I see from the text line, what is a Jaguar? 
Jaguar. There you go. Jaguar. Yeah. There you go. Talk like the uh, the British commercial. You Jaguar. You Jaguar. Um, man, text line is ornery today. That's fine. Let's let's go. Text line six nine three zero six. The protein is eat with a text. Eat with a purpose. Text line. Let's just just hashtag stay ornery. That's that's today's theme. And we had battle royale a couple weeks ago. Today, stay ornery. You want to roast me? Keep roasting me, baby. Six nine three zero six. Let's just keep going. Coming up, there's guys talking about him nationally. There's one guy that I uh, consistently talks about him nationally, and that's Peter Schrager. And Peter Schrager, I'm officially done with. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, six ten Sports Radio. way back with Kansas City. So far back, I want to sing a little ditty. You okay. see, Len Dawson played great and won Super Bowl IV. There's no good reason Patrick Mahomes can't win about a half a dozen more. Go, Peter! Mr. MVP, he can go deep. He can throw it lefty. And he can throw a no-look pass. And if you bring that blitz, man, he'll burn your grass. Hey! It's 2019, and there's all sorts of arrowhead pride. This year's different. And Spags and the Honey Badger and Paul Rudd the Ant-Man hey now, are up, all along for the ride. ride. Yeah, this is when Andy Reid finally gets that ring. Big Red and Mahomes, it's the year offense is king. Hey! Let's go! Okay. So it was Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football. Uh, biggest super fan in the national media of the Kansas City Chiefs, I'd say. Wearing the Kansas City Chiefs hoodie. And uh, showing off, I, I don't know if I want to call them rap skills or anything, but it was getting the other people hyped. Is that what the kids call bars? Something like that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, you're back in on Live and Local Saturdays with 610 Sports Radio. You heard Brandon Kylie before us with the leadoff. You had Kent Swanson on. They talked a little bit about the Tyreek Hill thing with man, the trade rumors. That really agitated you. I just, I'm done, man. Like, I don't, I don't know how to stay positive like i started this show off 33 35 minutes ago uh, feeling great feeling awesome i saw that video uh i think it was on thursday or friday and i'm just i'm, I'm officially done with peter Strager. we talked about jumping the shark uh, a few weeks ago you know you're unfamiliar with the terminology of jumping the shark it is a terminology of how happy days officially became stale when the Fonz jumped a shark while water skiing, and that became a terminology for things that are uh, one step too far. And that's what Peter Schrager has officially done to me. I mean, I appreciate the Kansas City love. I appreciate the somewhat um, shout-out of Arrowhead Pride. Don't worry, text line 913. We're not going to play that clip again. We played it. It's done with. We're done with it. And I have to defend why I'm done with Peter Schrager. Last year seemed like you couldn't do anything wrong supporting the Chiefs. They hadn't drafted a quarterback with their first overall pick since 1983 in Todd Blackledge. They had failed so many times in the playoffs. They had gone through Marty Ball. They had gone through um, they had gone through the Andy Reid disappointment when they lost to the Colts, holding the lead in the first-round playoffs in Indianapolis. Then they lose to the Titans when the ball goes off the face of Terrell Rivas, and then Mariota picks it back up, or Gets a deflection and runs in. I got it. Okay. Last year was fun, man. Like, there was nothing you could do last year that would cause me to think, okay, that's enough. This year, we haven't played one game yet. And Peter Schrager, all of a sudden, is already over the top. One, he's wearing a affiliated shirt to a team on national television as a national broadcaster. 
Two, he's rapping in some sort of way that sounds like a elementary kid was 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 given a list by his parents to go to a talent show, and that's what they were reading. Peter Schrager is going to be the reason why people don't like the Chiefs, and that's what pisses me off the most. Now, I'm not here to clown on people in, in the same profession that I am, and that's, that's not really what I'm doing. I'm not calling him any names. I'm not saying that he looks weird. I'm not saying that he reminds me of the guy that's in the, in the candy shop at the beginning of Willy Wonka where he's selling candy bars, and he gets a scrumdily umptious bar because that's kind of what Peter Schrager looks like with that weird comb-over that he's got. That's all I'm going to go with Peter Schrager there. But Peter Schrager will be the reason why people don't like the Chiefs, and that's what pisses me off. This is a town in which I cover a team of the Kansas City Chiefs. We watch the games. We try to dissect things and make creative content on the air about it. Peter Schrager is not helping me do that. Peter Schrager, by doing this, is causing me to be like, I want you to stop. It's not good. You're not Edgar Allan Poe. You're not Eminem. You're not Kendrick Lamar. You're not a Chiefs fan, man. You're not from Kansas City. In fact, Nick Wright who literally sat in the exact same chair that I'm currently in, grew up in this town, and now is on national television, even he's not as big of a homer as Peter Schrager. And also, it's not like Peter Schrager went out on a limb and found some rando dude and started high-praising him and making him feel like, oh, I found this dude. I mean, dude, he took the seventh overall pick in the draft and said, oh, this guy's going to be a stud. Other guys did the same thing. And I remember sitting in the bullpen out there with Ron Hughley, and we looked at each other and we're like, man, like, we know... Pat Mahomes is going to be good. Like, we know he's going to be great. But we're not calling him an MVP early, which certain people did, and it paid off. But my main narrative out of Peter Schrager is, okay, last year was fun. It was cool, you know. But then when you do this, now all of a sudden, it's, too, it, it, it's just too much. Again, it's jumping the shark. I'm having fun with it. I bring up the head and shoulders ads and the fact that Patrick Mahomes called it a GIF. Very excited about that. He's right. That's big for you. That's huge for me. Yeah, for your stance on GIF versus GIF. But I'm not dropping bars on the air. No, and I, I just think that this whole thing is overplayed, and I think that there's this big focus by the national media of you want to be the guy who was right or the girl who was right. You yeah. want to be the one who called it. And it's like he just said, Saying that Patrick Mahomes was going to be a very good quarterback and make this Chiefs team so much better was not really going out on a limb or anything. And now he's just kind of riding it a little too long. Like, don't get me wrong. Living in Kansas City, I know that all the fans like when the national media talks about their team because Kansas City gets bypassed by the national media a lot. But it's just a little overplayed. And, yeah, they're having fun with it and everything. I think the sweatshirt might have been a step too far. But, yeah, it's just like all the time it's like, all right, let's just have – I don't know. I don't know if he can have like just a conversation about football without just hardcore jumping on the Chiefs bandwagon. Yeah, throwing a little bit more uh, analysis in there from the text line. We're starting to get roasted again as it is uh, the, the Protein House Eat With A Purpose text line today, 69306. And it seems to be the hashtag Henri text line as they're starting to hate us, Nick Price, which is okay. Oh, you're just being so prejudiced. The whole segment was about rapping for a team. He's having fun like we all are. Just calm down. Man, calm down. You know Good Morning Football wanted him to do that skit. Don't hate Shregs. Like I said, I'm not hating Shregs. I'm saying Peter Schrager is going to cause people to not like the Chiefs because it's just 
over the top and cheesy. Even if it's not him, like if it's coming from the Good Morning Football producers or whatever, it's, then just, write better it's a little ver- overplayed. Yeah, then write better verses. Oh, stop being prejudiced. The whole segment was about rapping to the team. He's having fun like we are. Just calm down. Another one from the 913. Preach. From another one. Pl- please quit playing that clip. Don't see how I'm being prejudiced. But at least if you're going to be Peter Schrager over the top, don't be the other side of the coin and be Chris Broussard and just give the most generic, evergreen comment about Patrick Mahomes. It's the cliche sky is the limit for this guy. And I'm going to be honest, I think he has a chance to end up as the greatest of all time. Whoa. Okay. Wow, okay. Okay, now. now <laughs> did you write that down? You obviously have to that's win. That's you obviously have to win, right? I don't think he has to win six like Tom Brady, but he has to win, and he's obviously got the Andy Reid coach, at least for mm-hmm. now. That's going to help him with his numbers. Yes. And they got a chance to win Super Bowls. If he wins one this year, then I think, you know, this guy's just going to roll. One win, he's going to win a bunch of them more, and he's going to be the greatest of all time, according to Chris Broussard. He could be the greatest of all time if he he doesn't have to win six, but if he just wins one this year and then wins a bunch more and does all the things that the GOATs do, then he could be the GOAT. Some trade wins got brought around on the via the tweet machine last night. Tyreek Hill's name was involved. I know you heard Brandon Kylie talk about that beforehand, but I also had a bad dream when it involved these trade rumors and other players involved. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, live and local, Out of Bounds. Nick Price, Dusty Likens, talking to you right now. Saturday in Kansas City. Got the Chiefs and Niners tonight. Game three of the preseason. The dress rehearsal. The DR. As people are calling it. The DR and KC. We could talk about crowd size, but I'm tired of getting it right. Um, seriously. Uh, when it comes to the text line, it's been Henri today, so we stick with that narrative. What can I say? Patty Cakes makes people bake and shake. I guess Patrick Mahomes is out there getting people uh, to get a little bit high before games, then causing them to turn into Michael J. Fox. Um, also from the 913, the person who used the word prejudice needs a dictionary and a thesaurus. All right. Um, if it was down on Pat and the, if he was down on Patrick and the Chiefs, we would be complaining about that. No, I would just be like, saying, we would not be. I'm sure that there was, would be people out there, yeah. but uh, um, I like, I like this one from the 660. It sounded like really bad and positive slam poetry. Yeah. yeah, that's all we were getting at it. Yeah, like it was just. I'm, I'm not mad that they're talking about the Chiefs. I'm just mad that the way that they're going about talking about the Chiefs. I'm like, not even that mad. It's just like it's just overplayed. Like, did you anybody know, like, ever? Let's find on, a new slant here. Yeah, did anybody ever on the show like ever rap about Tom Brady and six rings or anything like that? Or did anybody ever rap about Aaron Rodgers and his sexy mustache? No. Come on, have a little fun with it. So last night. Via the tweet machine, we saw a little bit of rumblings going on. Nick Price, I know you saw it as you were helping uh, out with Royals Game Productions. I thought it was interesting when you looked at it because it said, what was the what was the quote there? So I saw this from Michael Lombardi, yeah. The Athletic, and it just says, it says, trade winds blowing hard in the NFL, stay tuned. And then there's a couple other guys that said, I'm hearing Tyreek Hill's name a lot. Right. And then, like, there was a wink after it. So, I mean, I think it's a joke. But naturally, people 
around Kansas City and who follow the Chiefs and root for the Chiefs and everything kind of had a little freak out. And Brandon Kylie reached this uh, earlier, and we kind of picked his brain during a commercial break because we've got our own little angle on this, but we want to keep giving you more tweets that why this is more relevant than you might think. Because I know the text line who's been on today is going to continuously come in and say, like, Chiefs aren't trading Tyreek. We get it. We know. I get that. But again, others don't. Jeff Schwartz, his brother, plays right tackle for the Chiefs, said, if the Chiefs can trade Hill for Ramsey, you'd run so fast to the phone to agree to this trade. You'd hurt yourself. You might even offer the team Jet to fly Hill to Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, someone responds. Getting the top corner in football for a top 10 receiver is a must-do move. Doubt this is even on the table, though. And then our guy from Arrowhead Pride, Craig Stout, says this, and it makes perfect sense. The Chiefs' best insider has already stated that they're not interested in trading Hill. Rumor season run rampant. I get that. I understand that people are on two sides of the spectrum here. One... There's no possible way that Tyreek Hill could even possibly get traded. That's where I'm at, right? That's where I'm at, too. Because my part is, yet. That's what I put on the end of it. People think Tyreek Hill can't get traded. I think he can, just not this year. And that's why we go back to, yes, the trade rooms might be going out, right? There might be a team that's like, you know what? I'd love to have Tyreek Hill. What, what can we give you for him? I get it. That's all right. That's fine. My thing is, that's why a Super Bowl this year is more important than you can even possibly imagine. And Nick Price, to steal a line from Ron the Show Hughley, buckle up. Because this might get a little weird. When you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who is going to, and we know he's going to, make over $200 million on a contract. We know that's coming. And it's coming next year. 200-plus highest-paid NFL player in the history of the game, he had the best one first year as a starter in the history of the NFL. Those are facts, And correct? nobody has a problem with it. Right. Everybody's on board for signing Patrick Mahomes to a $200 million plus dollar deal. Yeah, you waited, what, since 1983 to draft your quarterback yeah. first round? You got him, and when you did get him, you got it. You got it all. You got, you the, got, the, you got guy. the You got the mature young kid. Like, if you honestly think about it, for the next 12 to 15 years, if everything goes to plan— Patrick Mahomes is your starting quarterback for that duration. If it all goes to plan. Moving on from that stat, winning a Super Bowl before he gets that contract is also vitally important because then your contracts are going to have to be a little bit less around. We already also agree that Tyreek Hill is a top seven receiver in the NFL. I'd say top six, but some people would probably disagree. I would say top five. He's some right. People also miss it. He's on that cusp. He's right there. Yes. So if you're going to win a Super Bowl this year on the cheap, the thing that's crazy about it is if you win this year, it does make Tyreek Hill expendable because you've got that championship with your quarterback who you're going to have for some time. If you remember at the beginning of the year when we talked about what the Chiefs were doing in the draft and why they traded to get McCall Hardman, it was because of the fact they were worried that they could be without Tyreek Hill. I would assume from an earlier topic that we had with national attention towards McCall Hardman, yes, he has two touchdowns in preseason, which we don't find very meaningful for guys that need to be in it. Now he does have two touchdowns. He has 4-3 speed. He was drafted in the second round in this year's draft, and fantasy football has gone wild 
and will continue to, and that might be the part narrative that he is getting a lot of attention. But 4-3 speed, two touchdowns in preseason, getting open, and having a connection with the MVP of the league last year is also going to make you relevant. Let's say he's a little bit ahead of schedule. Let's say you win a Super Bowl, and you're like, you know what? We can restructure Sammy Watkins. We have Travis Kelsey under contract. We know we're giving Patrick Mahomes a ton of money. We feel like we're okay that we don't need to sign a guy for a ton of, ton of money. So, yes, injury, or trade rumors might happen. I don't think they're this year because Brandon Kylie made a very, very good point that I believe is the focal main point of this entire conversation. You're not going to shake up a team that has this much hype and this much promise two weeks before the season starts. That's where I come from, and that's where I totally agree with Brandon Kylie, who's an in-house co-worker, because it does make sense. You would never, let's say that you and I get a full-time show, right? Right. Let's say Spec calls us and says, hey, Nick, Dusty, such and such happened with this program. We're changing ways. You guys are going to be on the show in three weeks. They're not going to take you away from me or me away from you two weeks before that show starts. Now, let's say that that show does really well for two years, and then all of a sudden, things go differently. Well, that's fine. They've, things have been developed, and you've gotten what you needed. With Tyreek Hill, and again, I'm not comparing myself to athletes. I'm just trying to relative the situation to what it means to the situation. Tyreek Hill means a lot to this offense this year because this year, the Chiefs are either the favorite or the second favorite to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, something that this team hasn't done since 1969. Slash 70 against the Minnesota Vikings. Been a long time coming. Yet a baseball team that was terrible for 30 years they won a World Series and turn this town upside down. That makes the other side of the stadium a little bit more hungry. Now you have an MVP quarterback where that window's shortening because it's closing because of the fact that you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. You have a defensive lineman in Chris Jones who is not as a dynamic player as Tyreek Hill. But in this case, in this situation, nobody's going anywhere this year, especially for a corner. And when someone says that you would trade Tyreek Hill for Jalen Ramsey, I don't buy it. Now, I know Denver and, and Washington a few years back traded Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey, okay? Clinton Portis was a really, really, really good running back, and Champ Bailey was a top-three cornerback, maybe the best cornerback in the league, okay? Patrick Mahomes depends on throwing the ball, not handing the ball off. You can't take away a weapon two weeks into the season away from Patrick Mahomes and expect things to continue to move fluidly. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Pete Sweeney's tweet from Arrowhead Pride that after practice had ended, Pat and Brett, Mahomes and Veach, were standing there talking 1v1, and you'd think that Patrick Mahomes is starting to get a little bit more time and a little bit more say in how this roster is structured. Where it's at right now, I don't know. But I can guarantee you that if somebody was like, hey, we're thinking about trading Tyreek for some, no chance. Nope. And Mahomes would pull that plug in immediate fashion, and I guarantee you the team would respect that fashion. So there's three main things when it comes to trade wins or roaring in, the, in last night's Twitter world that involved somehow, some way, Tyree Kill's name to get splashed. One, people just want contact for whatever's going on. Two, we're a little premature when it comes to this. And three, it would never happen because this team has too much to play for. This team isn't Cleveland, who is... Damn near there. This team isn't Dallas, who's got three guys that are just kind of all over the place with an owner that's completely lost it. This team is a team that in real life, real retrospect, 
could literally hoist up the Lombardi Trophy. At the end of the year, this team has a legitimate shot. The offense is a historic offense. The defense has, from what we think and what we can see, has gotten significantly better. It may not be a top defense, top 10 defense. It may not be a top 15 defense, but it won't be a bottom five. They have a new defensive coordinator. They've went and signed big guys on the defensive side. This team isn't going to do anything to mess with that core. And to give it even more example, you saw what happened last year when they lost Kareem Hunt. They missed a little bit of a step. Now, D'Angelo, not D'Angelo Williams, Damian Williams got a little bit better as the season progressed, and he got more familiar with this offense. Everybody right now showed up to camp together. Nobody held out. Chris Jones held out for a little bit, but he was there the first day of training camp. Everybody was ready to go on this team because everybody on this team knows what this season means, and I don't think any trade's going to happen. In fact, it would be just horrendous if you took a player of Tyreek Hill's magnitude and took him away from the magnitude of Patrick Mahomes because then that makes you think, okay, where's my say? That's my number one target. Yeah, you just said it too, is that the reason why the Chiefs are one of the two favorites to win the Super Bowl this year is because they have a historic offense. Yeah. And you take away Tyreek Hill, and BK made this point on Twitter too, it's still a good offense, but it's not historic at that point because of the X factor that Tyree kill is. And you're telling me that Jalen Ramsey on that defense is going to elevate them to some kind of elite status to balance out what you're losing with Tyree kill. I just don't see that. And that's why I think, I mean, I think ultimately that Tyree kill is going to be a chief for a long time. Uh, just as long as everything c- continues to progress the way that it is, because him and Pat have that special connection and their games fit each other so well. And he's such a game changer, but Taking him away from this offense to make the defense slightly better is not the move here. It isn't. The other move is Players Weekends. And after this weekend, Players Weekends officially dead to us. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.